tonight uh, from those two words primarily at the beginning of verse two, which read, be watchful. Somebody say, be watchful. Amen. Several months ago, we were informed by a prophetic word to our congregation, amen, uh, that we are or that we were, because God had already made the decision, and notice he didn't ask us for permission. He just told us. He's looking, however, for our cooperation. But that we are a, uh, a watchman church. Amen. And uh, the instruction to us was to watch and see what the Lord would say and prepare to say what we heard in warning to the city. Then just a couple of weeks ago, uh, one of our elders, James Cox, was awakened by the Lord and told to go to Revelation 3 and read concerning the church in Sardis. He shared this with me and we prayed into this. And, and uh, he and I, we shared briefly from this passage uh, a few weeks ago and we urged you, the saints of God, Primarily, he did through his, his primary message to stand firm and to continue. And so tonight, our message seeks to take us further forward in understanding and applying what the word or what the Lord rather is saying to us. So in, 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 in our scripture tonight, the first verse says, and to the angel of the church in Sardis. Now, Sardis is one of the seven churches in Asia, uh, of which John, an apostle of Jesus Christ, is commanded to write what he sees and to send it to them. Now, if you go back to John, uh, Revelation chapter one, John opens his epistle by informing his readers that the source of this book and of the information it entails is the triune Godhead. Go to Revelation chapter 1, and let's look at verses 4 through 8. Revelation 1, verse 4 through 8. And the Bible says that John, it says, John to the seven churches which, is, which are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits who are before his throne and from Jesus Christ. So in those two verses right there alone, we see God pictured. We see a, a, a picture of the Holy Spirit, which are the seven spirits. And then in verse five, and from Jesus Christ, the Bible says the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead and the ruler over the things of the earth. To him who loved us, hallelujah, aren't you glad you loved tonight? To him who loved us, and notice that's past tense, because God didn't wait till you got saved to start loving you. God didn't wait till you joined the church to start loving you. He didn't wait till you had a couple of Bibles under your belt, amen, a few scriptures, a few songs to start loving you, amen, but the scripture says to him who loved us, and washed us from what? From our sins 
in his own blood. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Anybody feel like shouting right there? And he says, and has made us kings and priests. I know you might not feel like it, but this ain't about how you feel. Amen. This is about what the word of the Lord said. Amen. Come on, say I am what he says I am. And the Bible says he made us kings and priests or a kingdom of priests to his God and father to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Now, now listen to this. Behold, he is coming with clouds. Amen. And every eye will do what? Will see him. Even they who pierced him and all the tribes of the earth will mourn because of him. Even so, amen. Now, Jesus starts talking in verse eight. He says, I am the alpha and who else? The omega, the beginning and the end. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad to know tonight that the beginning is a person and the end is a person? So when we read in Genesis chapter one, where it says in the beginning, God created the heaven. We know that the beginning was not a moment. It was a man. It was a person. It was Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. He, it says and, and says the Lord who is and who was and who is to come. Who is he, saints? The almighty. So, so what John is informing his readers in this revelation, the source of it and the information that it entails, it comes from the triune Godhead. Now, ultimately, the prophetic message that John is to deliver is first heard, then it's seen. Man, we don't have time to get into it tonight. But John said, praise the Lord, that he heard a voice behind him. Amen. And then he turned and he saw. So this message, this prophetic message, amen, it was first uh, heard and then seen. And this message, saints, is the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The message is Jesus. Come on and say that. The message is Jesus. Now, John sees Christ and receives an apostolic commission, which he then commissions the oversight in the churches of Revelation chapter 2 and chapter 3. Now, this is how the revelation of Jesus Christ is transmitted from the Father to his son, to his apostle John, who was in the spirit. Amen. It came from the Father. It, it, it entailed the son, but it was delivered by the power of the Holy Ghost. I hope y'all seeing that tonight. Amen. And, and this, this that John received as he was in the spirit because he said it that I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. Y'all know y'all's Bible. Come on in here. And he delivers this to the churches. Now, the primary purpose behind the messages to the seven churches it's on the screen. They are this before the Lord gets ready to move in the earth, as in the book of Revelation, he moves in his church. Y'all gonna follow along with me tonight before he moves in the earth, he moves in his church. And if the kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and his Messiah or his Christ, according to Revelation 11, 15, then the kingdom must come to the churches. 
So when we pray, thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, what we're saying is, Lord, before you start working out there, we need you to start working in here. Set up your throne. Set up your reign. Set up your supremacy in me first. Enthrone yourself, amen, on the throne of my heart. And in my family's heart, amen, and rule in my household and then rule in the church that, that I'm a part of. Now, the, the seven messages, they show how this will occur in each of the seven churches. Number two, for the church to prevail in the word of God and the testimony of Jesus, according to uh, Revelation one and nine, because how many know that's why John was on the Isle of Patmos? Because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. In other words, bless the name of God. Amen. He was proclaiming the word of God to folk who didn't want to hear it. But he was he was he was uh, uh, the embodiment of the testimony of Jesus Christ. Now, you're going to want to mark that because it's going to be important to you in a minute. Listen, Jesus is looking for folk. Amen. That he can find himself in. That there's another evidence, that there's a testimony. And he's even looking for looking into the church, amen, not to see what we're good at, but to see if he can find himself. Yes. Hallelujah. So, 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 so the church then to prevail in the word of God and the testimony of Jesus must be prepared by the assessment of their Lord for that task. We can't, we can't just run and do the work of the Lord unless the Lord first assesses us. Amen? He is in the midst of each church. Y'all have read uh, Revelation before, and, and in every church, he shows up in every church. Amen? He shows up here in Bethany. He shows up in the churches around our city, amen, to examine us. To assess us. He's in the midst of every church. Amen. And he's looking to see an aspect of himself. Every church is supposed to have an aspect of Jesus. And as you look at these seven churches, we know that, that they were historical churches. So when he visited those churches, he was looking for a distinct aspect of himself in each of those churches. Say amen. And so the seven messages show how to be prepared. Come on and say with me, the Lord is coming. And we need to be ready. Because when he shows up, saints, he's going to be looking for an aspect of himself in Bethany. Now, can I tell y'all something? He's been here before. Amen. Doesn't have to say anything. He's just coming to make an assessment. And then, and then let me give you this, this third um, primary purpose for the messages to the seven churches. Finally, the churches must be prepared, now listen to this, to face their enemies for the upcoming cosmic battle in the arena of the earth. Now, if you don't know already that we're in a war, a spiritual war, you're probably a, a walking casualty. You're dead and you don't even know it. Right. We are in a war. Yes, we are. 
there are kingdoms that are fighting against one another. Jesus said it in Matthew chapter 11, verse 12, that from the days of John the Baptist, the time of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence and the violent take it by force. There's a battle that's going on. And so first, amen, uh, we face our enemy in battle in the arena, listen to this, of our own congregation. Bethany is not exempt. Just like Ephesus and Smyrna and Pergamon and, and, and Sardis and Laodicea and all, Thyatira, none of those churches were exempt. There was a battle going on right in the midst of their churches. There was warfare that was going on right in the midst of those congregations. And they had to face the enemy in their own church first. In their own congregation first. Amen. Now we've been learning on Tuesday nights that believers can be demonized. Hallelujah. Don't you think that because you're born again and speak in tongues that you can't be demonized? Amen. We're going to have some classes on that a little bit later, some messages on it. But, but, but what the first thing that has to happen according to this third aspect is that we must cast the demons out of ourselves. I ain't getting much help here. It made me think about Bishop Mason when he used to walk through a city and he see some people coming. He said, Lord, cast the devil out of them. But he said, first, cast the devil out of me. And this is how we become prepared to cast the devils out of the earth. Amen. Y'all all right? This helping anybody? What we're we talking about? Be watchful. So as we go back to Revelation 3, verse 1. When we come to the church in Sardis, Jesus' words to the angel of the church there begin with a description of the aspect of himself he expects to find. This is a key for understanding these letters to the seven churches. How he uh, reveals himself is what he's looking for. And so the Bible says at, in verse 1, and to the angel of the church in Sardis write, these things says he who has what? The seven spirits of God and the seven stars. Amen. Notice how he describes himself. He says that he who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars, the seven spirits of God refer to the seven fold, amen, or perfect Holy Spirit. Christ is in control of the spirit. The father controls the son and the son controls the spirit. There is a, 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 a subordination, if you will, of one another to themselves. Amen. And, 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 and the father has sent the spirit and seen here as the spirit of Christ. We don't have time to look at those verses in Romans 8 and 9. You can look at them, Philippians 1.19. But he is seen here as the spirit of Christ to this church. Now, what Jesus is not able to find in this church is his life-giving spirit. That's why this church, when he did the autopsy on it, 
He said, you're you're almost dead. And the thing that was missing was the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Now, let me say this. Elder, I believe that in our watchman role, this is a message we're supposed to proclaim to Greensboro. And we'll see here in a moment that not only is this message important, but the message to the church at Pergamos is important. See, this church was was absent the Holy Spirit. They had a whole lot of stuff that was going on, but they were not depending on the Holy Ghost. They knew how to pray. They knew how to sing. They knew how to do outreach. They knew how to do all the things that a church is supposed to do, but they left the Holy Spirit out. And so they were really engaging in dead works. I believe that what they were doing, they were also doing with no faith. Amen. And the church at Pergamon was a church in compromise. We, we'll maybe talk, to, talk about that a little bit later. But when you think about our city and our region as a whole, there's a whole lot of church going on, but ain't much Holy Spirit moving. They said uh, a group came from uh, Seoul, Korea, from the uh, church where Dr. Yonggi Cho was, and they took them around America and let them go to all these churches. And when they were getting on the plane, they said, well, what do you think? They said, it's just amazing how much y'all are able to do without the Holy Spirit. That's an indictment. Amen. So, so uh, he, has, he says, I know your deeds. God knows what you're doing. I mean, he knows if you're faithful or you're not faithful. He knows where you serve. He knows how you contribute. Amen. And not only that, he knows why you do it. And then he's also examining how you do it. He knows whether or not your love for him and your love for his people is your motivation or something else. He knows whether or not you're doing it by faith or by or with the help of his spirit or you're just doing it in the natural. He has evaluated why and how they carried out the work of the Lord. See, Christ knows they have a name that they are alive, but they are nearly dead in his judgment. When he looks at us and when he scrutinizes us, amen? See, we, people can all over the city can tell you how wonderful you are, but that doesn't matter. What matters is how the Lord sees you. We can give away gasoline. We can give away food. Come on. We can be a houses. We can do all this other stuff. Praise the name of the Lord. But if the Lord says that we are almost dead and not alive, that's what matters. They were deceived into thinking that they are something they are not in the Lord. See, Sardis is a lifeless, ritualistic Cold congregation. It had a form of godliness, but there is no godly power. It has abandoned the source of life. Do you not know in 2020, I believe they said we set a a brand new record for uh, a drug overdose. A lady was telling me today that addiction is about connection. And because folk couldn't get the connection with people during the COVID shutdown. They got on more drugs and end up killing themselves. She told me about a fella had been clean for five years. Five years. They found him in 2020 with a needle in his arm. Gone. 
because he, he couldn't connect with folk. He was shut in. Amen. So this church has abandoned the source of life, which is Christ himself. Amen. The, who, Christ is the life. John chapter 14, verse 6. Turn over there real quickly. John 14, verse 6. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. John 14, verse 6. Look at what he says. Most of y'all know it. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. How many congregations do we have in our city and in our region where Jesus is not there? Where the body is telling the head what to do? Hallelujah. Where he is being obscured, obstructed, obfuscated. I mean, all that means you can't see him. There's too many personalities and all these other things that we're putting in the place of Christ. See, revival can only come in this church if the spirit is allowed to take over and its membership obeys what the spirit says to the churches. The Lord repeats this in Revelation 3 and 6. Now, here is a people, listen to this, who are busy and doing a bunch of religious work, but without the enablement of the Spirit of God, and they don't even know it. That's the part that breaks my heart, is that we can be guilty of this and not even aware that we're doing what we're doing and the Holy Spirit is not involved at all. They need to return to spirit-dependent living. Christ is also seen holding the seven stars, which Revelation 1 and 20 informs us is the angels of the seven churches. In the first century, Amen. The, 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 the angel of the synagogue was the ruler over the temple's affairs. The angel of the church is the leader, whether apostolic or prophetic of the church in a, in a, in a region or in a locale. Praise the Lord. Amen. And these are the messengers. That's what the angel means, what the word angel means in Greek or Hebrew. These are the messengers of the coming of the Lord in the book of Revelation. Amen, somebody. Those who have this oversight are to now proclaim this message to those who comprise the church. And it's not just limited to those individuals. God expects the churches to be apostolic, prophetic, evangelistic, shepherding, teaching churches. So we all have a responsibility to proclaim this. Scared? Say you're scared. Amen. So what's the message? First, be watchful. Amen. Be watchful. The opposite of watchfulness, now listen to this, is sleepiness. Now, I don't believe in naming everything a spirit of, but you know, demons can make you sleepy. And there are some folk tired and they just got out the bed. Slept all night with a sleep number mattress. Kind of cool y'all, warm you up, whatever you need, lift you up. 
But the opposite of watchfulness is sleepiness. The Lord calls this church, however, amen, to watchfulness. They are to rouse themselves and keep awake. There's a lot of scriptures, Matthew 24, 42 through 43, that's there on the screen, 25, 13. These verses, amen, they exhort us to be awake, church. Saints, we have to wake up and we've got to stay awoke. And this is meaning in, in terms of the things of the spirit. We need to know what's going on. We need to be alert. The enemy wants to catch us napping. Amen. And see, if they were not watchful, Jesus would come to them in judgment as a thief. Now, this was not 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 the judgment of his second coming. This would be where he would show up to see who's watching. Because, you know, amen. You can think, well, he ain't coming today or it's been a long time since he came. So we're going to go ahead and do whatever we want to do. No, he's going to come like a thief because people are not watching. They're not awake. They are not alert. And he comes and make, passes judgment. The messenger of the church at Sardis was to be the watchman along with the eldership and the people. They were to be alert to what was going on around them and to warn one another of these things. Watchmen were responsible for warning the city of imminent attack or danger. The safety the security of the city were contingent upon their careful vigilance. They were to warn those within the walls of danger that was approaching from the outside. Saint and sinner need to know what's coming. Amen. I hope the burden of this is falling on y'all. Uh, second. They're said to strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die because Jesus has not found their works perfect before God. There are some good things that the Lord said those things are not on life support. I need you to strengthen them. Amen. Strengthen those things that that remain. You know, some have abandoned certain things. We're seeing stuff happen in the church in the lives of Christians now that we never thought we would see before. Amen. Amen. I could name some stuff, but I ain't going to name it. Oh I, if it. If it was possible for, for some of the old saints to roll over in their graves, they're rolling over. They probably rolled out of the grave. And they're happening, it's happening, not in California, not in Las Vegas, not in New York City, but right here in Greensboro and even in Bethany Fellowship Church. Amen. Saint and sinner need to know what's coming. We need to strengthen the things just like he told them that uh, remain, that were ready to die because he has not found our works perfect before him. What he's given us, saint, saints, we haven't finished. We can't rest. Huh? This ain't time to kick back. This is not time to coast. We got a long way to go and a short time to get there. Amen. They were to invigorate the remaining things. Help us, Holy Ghost. Give us a holy invigoration. 
that which is remaining. They had to invigorate these things that had not been taken to completion or fullness in the Lord. And then thirdly, they are to remember how they have received and how they heard. Now you think about it. How did you receive God's word? How did you receive the testimony of Christ? How did you receive, amen, the, the foundational things of the Lord? How did you receive the Holy Spirit? Amen. I mean, that, 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 that zeal that you had, that excitement, enthusiasm that you used to have for the word of God and for prayer. Amen. And for telling folk about Jesus Christ. They got on the other side of the street when they saw you coming. He said, here they come again. They had received the word, heard it, but had relaxed. And the truths that they received slipped from them. They were careless with the word. The first Sunday of 2022, one of the things that Apostle Pete Beck talked to us about on the prayer call was the saints being careless with the word. He was praying and pleading and asking the saints, don't be careless with the word of God that you're receiving. That's one of the reasons we're seeing what we're seeing in the church today. The word is being preached, but folk are being careless with it. The Bible says, take heed how you hear. Because with the same measure you hear, y'all know the, know the word. They were in this condition and had not even known it, that they were being careless with the word. The condition of the city had crept into the church. And they are, oh my God, and they were comfortable with the condition of the city. And we got LGBTQ plus churches right here in our city. We got churches who bring the whole fraternity and sorority up on the platform and celebrate them. We got churches advocating for everything now. Except Jesus. So the word comes to them and says they are to hold fast to that which they have and to repent. Amen. This is not a time for the church in Greensboro or the Triad to celebrate. We're playing R&B in our churches. Come on, we're doing things to cater to people, to make them comfortable. We're letting the, the pews dictate what ought to come from the pulpit and the direction of ministry. The consumeristic mindset has so captivated the church People have these checklists now and Jesus and the word, amen, are many times not even on the list. They want the cool pastor. They want the first lady that's on social media talking about her haters all day long. They want people that feed to their victim mentality instead of challenge them to grow up, to live holy, righteously. Come on, you can't be saved and shacking. Huh? No, the Bible says, I just looked at it. Come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. 
We got gossipers. We got gluttons. We got folk that are full of pride and holiness, liars, truth and covenant breakers right in the church, disobedient, rebellious individuals right in the church. The Bible says that's just like having witches in the, in the ministry. Hallelujah. So he said, hold fast to that and to repent. I'm going to tell you right now before we even get to the last slide. Examine yourself. Examine yourself. Examine yourself. Before you try to get the speck out of your brother's eye, get the beam out of your own eye. First, get the beam out of your own eye. Examine yourself. Don't start thinking about everybody else right now. Think about yourself. Think about your walk with the Lord. Think about where you, where you allowed yourself to slide back, amen, and now you've gotten comfortable and you're making excuses for yourself. So, he does commend them. He commends the faithful few who have not, listen to this, defiled their garments. They were undefiled. Now, you have to think about it. In that day, they had those dirty roads. The livestock walked on the same roads with the people. And there you are walking around with a long, white, flowing road. You know you were going to pick up some of the contaminants from the world around you. But he says, praise the Lord, in verse 4, you have a few names even in Sardis who have not defiled their garments. Hallelujah. See, your, your garments were an indication of, of who you were. It, was a, it served the purpose of identifying you. He said there was some that hadn't sawed their garments, who had not defiled their garments. Everybody see that? He says, and he promises that they will walk with him in white, for they are worthy. They have not defiled themselves by the spiritual deadness among the others or the wickedness in their city. White symbolizes holiness, purity, righteousness, and clean, uh, cleanliness. Amen? It symbolizes what? Holiness and purity and righteousness and cleanliness. A and white is representative of light. So he offers, a, offers them a, a similar commitment to, to those who overcome, that they will be clothed in white garments. Hallelujah. And he will not blot out their names from the book of life. See, everybody's name is in the book of life till we stand before the Lord. And if you're not born again, guess what? Your name comes out. And it's not about your works. It's about Christ's righteousness. Hallelujah. He says not only will he not, not blot out his name from the book of life, but he said, I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. See, these were individuals, praise the Lord, because you know, it used to be, and we, the last time we have a, had a baptism, what do people, what color do people wear? White. It's the garment of baptism. Amen? And when they used to march them down the street in white, 
So all those folk that you used to hang out with, get high, sleep with, could see you going to the river, dressed in white, representing purity and holiness and clean, cleanliness and righteousness. See, these individuals are not chameleon Christians. They're not Christians that hide their faith and apologize for being born again and try to blend in with everybody else. There you over there trying to curse, Peter. Little girl said, no, you was with Jesus. Your speech betraying you. We want to be those people, man, that are unapologetically saved, Amen. born again. Amen. Huh? No matter if they try to persecute us or anything else. Then lastly, in verse 6, he says, he who has, amen, an ear. He that can, look at what he says. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So not just what he said to Sardis, but what he said to the other six churches, we need to hear that too. Examine ourselves and not be guilty of it. Amen. Apply what it is that he said. Lord, I need you to lay me down beside this word and tell me where I come up short. So, what do we do? What do we do with this? Examine yourself. Examine yourself. Every individual in this ministry, examine yourself. Ask the Holy Spirit. Show me my heart. Show me how I've been walking. Come on, Lord, if, if I'm dead and I think I got life, I need you to show me. If I'm just caught up in the, in the, in the, in the motions and in the, in the rituals, well, I know I'm supposed to pray. Let me, let me go on in the room and, and say my little prayer stuff and read my little scriptures, my little devotion, and get on out of there. Go on and do what I want to do. No, it, it, we need to examine ourselves. Has the world come into your life? Has the world come into your household? Has the world crept into this church? Have we lost the, our dependency on the Holy Spirit and we don't even know it? Then prayerfully apply, apply each instruction. Everything that he told them to do. Wake up. Be watchful. Huh? Strengthen those things that remain, that are, are ready to die. All those things that he said, bless the name of the Lord. I want to be among the few that haven't soiled their garments, that haven't defiled themselves with the world. Amen? And then continue in these things. Continue in these things. In his grace, Lydia, he came and gave them an opportunity to get themselves straight. But he didn't do this so that they would make a change and then go back to what they were doing. He expected them to continue. And then lastly, proclaim this to our city. Proclaim this to our region. Jesus is coming to examine Greensboro, the church in Greensboro. He's been here. He's already made assessments. Huh? But we got a responsibility to watch and to cry out. To watch and to say what it is that we hear the Lord saying. 
Heavenly Father, we, we, we bless and we praise you tonight. Thank you, God, for giving us this word. And we don't know what to do with all of it, but the part you showed us tonight, we know how to respond. We just pray that the Holy Spirit will help us. Don't let us just jump up and start doing things in the flesh. But help us to do this by the leading of the Holy Spirit. We need this examiner, examination. We need you, Lord, to turn over every rock, whatever it is, go into every nook, every cranny in our lives and do an examination. We know you said examine our, that we are to examine ourselves to see whether or not we're in the faith. But Lord, we need you to examine us. We don't want to uh, give self-diagnosis, but we need you to help us. Father, help us to apply this word to our own lives. Help us to come alongside others that may need this help as well. And Lord, I, I pray that as you're working on us, that you'll give us the boldness to live out loud for you, to not hide our faith, to not hide the reason for our hope. And Lord, help us to continue in these things. Don't let us get off to a good start and then quit, Lord God, just as soon as we started, but help us to continue. You said, Father, that we are to abound in these things that we will be steadfast and immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, always excelling and doing more and more, getting better and better in you. That's what we want, Father. Then we pray that you would cause us to proclaim this by the leading of your spirit to our city and to our region, that we need to be watchful. We don't know what's coming. We don't know what's next, Lord but we need to be watchful. We don't want to see people dying on our watch and we didn't proclaim to them what you said. We didn't speak to them what it is, Father, that you gave us to declare. Help us to stop playing church. Help us to stop playing around. Help us to have a sense of urgency, Father, about bringing your people to maturity, seeing your house built in our city. Father, seeing your son, Jesus, his testimony be made evident among us. Seven spirits, the seven stars in this church, God, across your body to the praise of your glory. And Lord, finally, I ask you to grant us forgiveness and repentance. When we come to you, Lord, admitting these things, where we've come short, where we've failed, where we've not done all the good that we know to do, Lord, we pray you give, grant us forgiveness and and then bless us to be able to repent, Father. Bless us to be able to turn in not just our direction, but also our thinking. In the name of Jesus, keep us, Lord, from the contaminants and, and, and that compromise that will, that will so easily let the world into the church. The doctrine of Balaam, the doctrine of Nicolaitans, God. Keep those things out of this ministry the false teaching, the false prophecy, the false narratives. Lord, we know that the devil has false prophets and there are voices everywhere that are 
trying to turn your people away from you and, and trying to tell us that th this is not uh, required of you. Lord, we know the devil is a liar and all his workers. So help us to know the truth because only that truth can make us free. Father, we ask this in Jesus' mighty and strong name. And the church said, Amen. Hallelujah. Bless the name of the Lord. Love you all. Elder is coming. Glory be to God.